Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football, with your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory, a proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. This is our second of back-to-back-to-back episodes, so it's a busy week for us. I'm your host, John Bauer. You can find me on Twitter, at The Bauer Club. Unfortunately, Dan, I think this is the first show Dan has missed. The I'm work... taking it personally. Well, actually, he said, anytime that Bill comes on the show again, I'm not. He didn't care what day it was. But no, I can't uh, blame him. Dan does send his best, but we're still joined by Mitch Sorensen. That's at DinoMC on Twitter. What's going on, Mitch? What's going on? You say unfortunate. I'm just glad we're not going to see any flags thrown this time, any whistles, props brought out. So it'll be an interesting show without all that. We don't know what Bill and Josh brought. It's we don't very know. Very true. Very true. Now, before I introduce our guest, if anybody watched kind of the pre-show, I was joined by Bryce Weiler. He runs a nonprofit, The Beautiful Lives Project. It's a great story. Check it out. You know, he's on Twitter. I included him on the tweets that I sent out earlier today. And if you're listening to this, I'm also putting on the podcast feed, 15 minutes. Go check it out. It's a great cause. Really good information. And like I said, with all the negativity and the stuff going on in the world, a story like that, it was really positive and uplifting. So I really, I highly suggest going to check it out. Now, without further ado, our guests, our friends of the show, co-host the Fantasy Timeline, which you can find on Twitter at Fantasy Timeline, Bill and Josh, and you can find Bill at SupaDupaFlex. What's going on, Bill? What's up, brother? How are you? I'm good. So uh, you said you aren't feeling well. If you disappear, we'll let our listeners know if Bill runs away. It's not because he was afraid of any of the questions. Just not feeling well. Correct. And then Josh, you can find him on Twitter at Real Fantasy TL. What's up, Josh? Hey, how you guys doing? I think the real reason why you kicked Dan off for this week is because you knew I was coming on and there'd be too much Dallas Cowboy love. So you, you tried to contain it and keep it to a minimum. You can't have that much swagger on one show. You know, and I have the Michael Gallup jersey back here. That's too much Dallas. So you're right, Josh. You're right. Um all right, so before we really get into the content here, we did have one question prior to going on the air that we're going to throw up here, and we've talked about it. We had Scott Fish talk about it on last night's show. Mitch, myself, and Dan, we've talked about it on countless episodes. But Bill and Josh, and Bill, let's start with you. How are you looking at 2021 picks with all the uncertainty You know, in your dynasty leagues? How are you going about it? How are you valuing them? So the first round picks, I'm not changing how I value them as if it was any other season because I think there's enough players to feel comfortable with. And I think the teams are really going to know who they are you know, comfortable with taking early in the draft. So I feel pretty confident with those picks. Second rounders, starting to get a little iffy. Uh, third and fourth rounders, I pretty much have no value for those um, just because I think it's going to be such a crapshoot. I don't think... The teams are going to know. I don't think we're going to get any good reads off of what the teams do. Um, I think we kind of even saw that a little bit this year. So I think there's going to be a lot of uh, question marks going into the offseason next year, especially if you have, let's say we have a shortened season and there's rookies that from this year that aren't getting playing time. Now, all of a sudden, you got this jumbled mess of two years of rookies, and I'm just not really sure um, how that all plays out. So. I have no problem moving second through fourth round picks this year. I think the first are still going to hold similar value for me. Josh, what are your thoughts? So 
I I have a, a degree in psychology, so I am buying up 2021 picks as many as I can get. If there's not a season, the rookie draft is going to be the first major event that any of us have seen since the 2020 rookie draft. So I think people are going to be itching to get into rookie drafts. And it's kind of a, a you know, a house that I'm going to flip later on down the road where people want to get in. They're going to probably overpay for these picks. And I'm just going to, uh, you know, clean up on that value, you know, six months from now or however long it is. Mitch brought up a really good point that ties in with that on last night's episode. And he, anytime I say something, I'm like, oh, Mitch brought this up. He always gets the big eyes. He's like, what the hell did I say? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. No, Mitch. I tried to say anything good. But no, no, go you actually did. So that's why it really stuck out because usually, eh, <laughs> no. But seriously, whenever you said that you're willing to move the pick still, but now you know that you can get a significantly higher value. And mm-hmm. just like Scott said on last night's show, people in safe leagues – because he's able to see all the trades that happen in those leagues, picks aren't being moved for nearly as much because there is that concern. So I think, Josh, you're spot on. And, I mean, Bill, I I think that kind of falls in line, your thought process there, with a lot of people too. So I I think that's a a good take and good information. And I'm still sticking with what I said. I'm okay moving them. But, again, it's all about the price. It really, I'm not moving them just to move them. So um, that was a great question there from Dante. But let's get into the sleepers. So what I wanted to do, this is going to be very similar to what we did with the hot takes. And we had several people, whether it was a DM, a tweet, we actually have, we're getting very fancy here, guys. We have a few videos that listeners dropped in. Now, one of the videos, I apologize, I had to chop it up and splice it because he sent in a four-minute video. And I was like, I can't play a four-minute video. I actually don't think StreamYard would let me, but I even still. Um, so what we're going to do, we're going to run through sleepers. from a, Most of them are Dynasty, but there's a few just for 2020 that we think could really have an impact that people aren't talking about or they're basically free. And I want you guys, you have a little scorecard, I said, to come prepared. And if you don't have it, Bill, don't tell me you didn't bring it. All right, all right, <laughs> nice. all right. That's good enough. That's good enough. But, you know, I, I one through ten. One, absolutely no chance there's going to be any fantasy value from that player. Ten, yeah, they're going to be fantasy relevant. But then I also want to talk about what their ceiling could be. Because, yeah, they might be fantasy relevant, but is wide receiver three their ceiling or, you know, a similar situation. So let's get into the first one on our list. And this comes from, I didn't know how to say it, but he says it in the video. It's slime sucking hogs. I don't want to know what that means, but I'm going to play the video here. And with his take on his sleeper here for Dynasty. Hey, John, it's Craig here, alias Slime Sucking Hogs. You said you wanted me to give you my sleeper for this year. Well, it's Tyler Johnson for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I thought we'd have some fun and do a little homage to David Letterman. So let's go have some fun. Here we go. Top 10 reasons Tyler Johnson will be a sleeper. He didn't go to Ohio State, so Brady won't have to hear him talk shit at the end of each college football season. Oh. Did I forget to mention I was an Ohio State alum? Oops, maybe I should have put that in the disclaimers. Anyway, what's all this mean? It means he's consistent. 
he shows up in big games and big games don't rattle him. And when you need him, he somehow makes a catch. It's, he's always around the ball and ends up with it. That's what happened in Minnesota. I think that's going to happen in the pros as well. Now there's my sleeper. Hope you enjoyed it. And we'll talk soon. My man, Craig, love the guy. Nice. But he's the one that sent the four-minute video. And I, I, I'm going to apologize to him because I know he put in a lot of work for that David Letterman top 10. And it just it took too long, Craig. Come on. It's lime <laughs> sucking hogs. But guys, what do you think? Tyler Johnson, one through 10. How do we see him for uh, you know dynasty purposes as a sleeper? We're giving him a, a nine for the video, a two for actually picking. I like that. Yeah. Okay, I was like, are you are you saying four and a half? I'm not nine over <laughs> yeah, two. Yeah, is it? Yeah, like, well, I don't like, do math. Like, I don't know what that is. Bad fraction. <laughs> all right, so all of you are coming in consensus too. Mitch, you don't think there's any real value here, long term? No. no, we were big on him before, like the combine happened. Wait, and who was big on him? We were. You even like I, Tyler Johnson. I'm gonna t- I'll go back right. and play some. Okay, well, I was high on Tyler Johnson. And then he skipped the Shrine game. Then he skipped the 40 of the combine. And then he drops down the fifth round. He wasn't an athletic guy in the first place. Godwin's ahead of him. Evans is ahead of him. There's just no ceiling to him whatsoever. And he's someone that I don't want on any team. He... Instead of giving a one, I give him a two because he's a rookie and there's that, you know, little bit of value built into him being a rookie, but that's it. If you're watching live, drop in the comments what your thoughts are on any of these sleepers, because I think especially this one, people are going to disagree with the three of you. But Bill, I'm going to play devil's advocate because you gave him a two. His competition for the wide receiver three spot is Justin Watson and Scotty Miller. 70% of the passing plays in 2019 were out of 11 personnel with three wide receivers. We don't think he has a chance to see the field day one. I don't think he has a chance to see the field day one. I think they're going to do a little bit more 12 personnel this year. And I think that he, even if he does somehow get some playing time, it's not going to be a start immediately. And especially this year. So nah, I mean, if, I think that if all the planets align, his high end is like Humphreys was a couple years ago. I mean, that would be, like the most high end possibility for him. So, I mean, and I don't think that's even likely because I think that there's still, you know, truthers for the other two wide receivers that he's competing with. So, um, and actually they were draft wasn't, um, Miller drafted before him like last year, I believe. So like, I mean, who knows? I, I just don't feel like comfortable that he's even going to get much field time this season. All right, Josh, he checks every box when you look at from an analytic standpoint and every metric he pops off the charts. College dominator, 98th percentile. Target share, 96th percentile. Breakout age, 90th percentile. Why shouldn't we love this guy? Because there's one box that he doesn't check off, and it's the fact that there's about seven guys on that team ahead of him in the pecking order for receptions. We talk about the big two receivers, but then – we, you know, we have Rob Gronkowski. Okay, he's a wild card at tight end. We still have O.J. Howard. We still have Cameron Brait. Your boy, Keyshawn Vaughn, it looks like he's going to be the passing downs back there if Rojo doesn't, you know, kind of figure it out himself. So, you know, I just ran through about six guys there that are probably ahead of him in the pecking order. And that doesn't even talk about the fact that Tom Brady's only there for two years we don't know what is going to be there at quarterback 
in 2022-2023. I mean, they could find the next big thing either via free agency or the draft, or it might be a half decade of trying to find the guy. And, you know, that's just another knock against Tyler Johnson. So unfortunately, I don't know, you know, I I don't want to say he's not talented. I just think he went to a situation with a ton of weapons. Last point that I'm going to bring up, and Mitch, this is for you. Chris Godwin is a free agent after 2020. What if they don't re-sign him? He'll be re-signed. It's that <laughs> I'm not worried about that. <laughs> They'll be okay. I just have to ask the questions. Yes, that, yeah. I just have to ask the questions. But for the record, I was never on Tyler Johnson. I'm still not on Tyler Johnson. So I agree with you guys, but I know there is hype because, again, you look at those metrics. But I, I, overall... I'm on board with you guys. You're not going to get an argument from me. Next one, we have a quarterback, and this is from at Matt McCoy NFL, Jacob Eason. And there's no fancy video for this one. So, guys, what are your thoughts? One through 10, dynasty, long-term value, anything there? All right, Josh, start with you because you're coming in at the highest. You're giving it a five. Yeah, so I think Jacob Eason has – a big arm, but he is raw. I, I think he needs, you know, the opportunity that he's actually getting sitting sitting behind uh, Philip Rivers. Uh, hopefully that's a two-year deal and not a one-year deal at the end of it. And, you know, there are some good receivers there. I mean, I know T.Y. Hilton is getting older, but Paris Campbell is there. Michael Pittman is there. You know, Jack Doyle is kind of a consistent guy. You know, maybe after sitting for a couple of years, he, you know, he learns from a grizzled veteran and becomes something. I think it's a 50-50 shot. I wouldn't be shocked if two years from now they're drafting someone else. I also wouldn't be shocked if he, you know, is the starting quarterback, at least on a kind of Jacoby Brissett trial basis to see if he is the guy. And just like you said, we're really not sure Philip Rivers' longer term. We don't even know what's going to happen beyond 2020. But I think we do know that Jacoby Brissett, he's not the long-term answer. He was okay to start the season, then he got banged up a little bit. But I think we know he's not the one to take them over that hump. Bill, you came in with a three. And Mitch, you're getting skipped for this one. But Bill, (laughs) what are your thoughts here? Because you definitely were lower than the other two guys here. Yeah, I just don't see him getting a shot. I mean, kind of what Josh was saying. I mean, it's going to be a while before he even gets a shot. So the question is, do you want to have him on your roster for that long of a time before uh, you see that opportunity? And that's kind of why I'm, you know, hesitant to add a lot of him. Unless, I mean, this year I could throw him on taxi, but like after this year, I mean, are you really going to want to throw him up onto your regular roster and let let him just sit there if he's not, you know, the starter? Um yeah, you know, that's my biggest concern, like adding him now. If it's a deeper league, you know, especially if it's 14, 16, and again, not everybody's playing 14 or 16 team super flex leagues, but sure. of course here we're talking about super flex. I don't think we're going to waste time talking about Jacob Eason in a one quarterback league. I, don't, I know I'm not, but yeah, I don't, it's an interesting prospect. The fourth round draft capital, um, you know, what were the reasons he slipped? It seems like there's some different in varying opinions, but I, I don't know if he's the long-term answer there either. So I, I do think that we see another option there maybe in two years if it's not going to be Philip Rivers. So Jacob Eason, would you cut him from your dynasty roster? If you have the space, no. But if you need to free up that spot, maybe you do cut him. 
And Mitch, get ready for one of my perfect segues. We're going to cut out to our little promo. Who out there is ready to unveil their summer body? I'll be the first to admit that quarantine hasn't necessarily been great for my physique, but at least I don't look like I'm wearing a bear rug on my chest. I have already gone on one vacation this year, and even though I might not have that six-pack, guys, my chest, it was silky smooth. Go to manscaped.com and check out the Perfect Package 3.0 kit, which includes the Lawnmower 3.0 body trimmer with a ton of other great stuff. And if you subscribe to the Perfect Package, not only are you going to get a new blade refill delivered to your front door every three months, but for a limited time, you're going to get two free gifts. You're going to get the travel bag and also the high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. And I can tell you, they are beyond comfortable. So go over to manscaped.com, check out all of the great products they have, and use code THEORY20 to get not only 20% off, but also free shipping. Again, that's code THEORY20 for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Josh, Bill, you know, you, you guys have the beards going too. I tried to sell Scott Fish on it last night because he has the beard going too. You guys need to get some of these Manscaped products. Code Theory 20. Theory 20, noted. Well, <laughs> I mean, and Manscaped's not just for the face. So, you know, it, it, it's versatile. It's for everything. And JB, I think what you guys should start doing is selling calendars to 12 months of JB and you just show that silky smooth chest off you know maybe you give the money to charity or something but you know I I think that would be I'll pay to not have that app yeah don't give him any ideas because he will actually do it (laughs) no I was going to say I would have to pay people to take the calendar but then that money could go to charity so that could work out but no nobody wants to see that but (laughs) let's let's get in get on to our next player here and this actually came from two different people uh, at Du Bois underscore 22. And then we have a video from at Aaron Wilcox 86. And I'm going to shoot that up on the screen right now. Hey guys, this is Aaron Wilcox. And I really love what you guys are doing at the Dynasty Theory Podcast. My Dynasty sleeper is Chase Edmonds. The guy has a lot of opportunity now this year. And with only Kenyon Drake as legitimate competition, I like Edmonds' shot at carving out a big role in that backfield as he has... Um, good receiving abilities, meets um, size thresholds. I bet the situation could qualify as an ambiguous backfield. And we saw that David Johnson was still playing down the stretch last year, and Drake put up huge numbers. David Johnson gone. This is Edmonds' chance to undercut Drake. Like to see your guys' thoughts on this and keep up the great work. Anytime we do anything where we have listeners in their videos, it's definitely going to help if you compliment the Dynasty Theory podcast. And thank you, Aaron, for tuning in. But you're getting, holy cow, eight from Josh, nine from Bill. And we got the 10 from Mitch. Mitch, 10. Yeah, because I don't really think he's a sleeper. That's my, like, one caveat. It's like saying, like, Tony Pollard is a sleeper. Like, everyone kind of <laughs> knows, like, to have those guys. And so, I, but like he said, he's in a great spot. If Drake gets hurt at any point, he's going to be an absolute smash and he's going to have opportunity starting week one as well because it's not like Drake's going to play 80% of the snaps. So, yeah, I love Chase Edmonds. And then what if Drake doesn't get re-signed beyond 2020 Mm -hmm. and they don't invest more in that running back position if they like what they have? Bill, is there anything more to say or do you kind of fall in there with Mitch on his thoughts? Yeah, I agree with Mitch. I think the only other thing is that if you look at the last – however many games that Drake was the starter. Uh, 
admins still had a really high, um, you know, reception share. Um, so he was still getting involved last year when Drake was blowing up. So they're not mutually exclusive. And, you know, so I feel comfortable starting this season with Edmonds as one of my backs. There was one video and Mitch, you talked about Chase Edmonds really not being a sleeper. There was one video that somebody provided and I, I genuinely, I was upset that I couldn't include it, but he, and I'm going to talk to him, but he included Robert Woods. And I'm like, man, Robert Woods isn't a sleeper. How are we going to include Robert Woods in a sleeper episode? <laughs> because uh, Mike Evans guy might be pretty good this year. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. But, um, but if he's listening, it's all, it's all. We're not laughing at you. We're laughing with you. Yes. And he might be laughing. And like I said, I'll message him after the show, but this next one, it's from at Nick dynasty FF. We're going to skip over one. I don't want to do back-to-back videos. Got to space them out a little bit. But like I said, uh, from Nick Dynasty FF, Hunter Bryant. What do we think? Bill throwing a three at us. A two from Mitch. And a two from Josh. All right, Josh. You're not really high on Hunter Bryant. I mean, we're talking about a third string tight end. I mean, how often do those guys really kind of move up the ranks and become, you know, dynasty superstars. I mean, I personally can't think of any. I'm sure somebody will be yelling that they know the one guy that did it. But, I mean, you know, he's, you know, there are two really good guys ahead of him on that depth chart, and both of those guys I would rather have than uh, Mr. Bryant. So, yeah, I, I, you know, unfortunately I just think it's, the fact that he's not really going to get an opportunity to, you know, show what talent he has. Bill, what do you think here? Yeah. I mean, I agree. Like, I mean, he's a, he was an undrafted free agent as a rookie. So, I mean, the biggest thing was, I believe everybody's concerned about his knees. So, I mean, that's what really prevented him from getting drafted, you know, in the fourth or fifth round. So, I mean, I think there is a little, that's the only reason I have a three instead of a two, uh, that there is some potential there, but even if he pops, how long is he going to pop for because of those knees? So, I mean, really, I'm not, you know, going out of my way to look to add him in any league. He was one of those tight ends that college stats measurables. He was somebody that I kind of liked Mm pre-draft and then he just slipped. And a lot of the tight ends, it happened to so many of them this year. We knew this class wasn't as strong as we've seen in recent years, but I was hoping at least one of them would get decent draft capital. It's like, come on, uh, Mitch. Again, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Danny Amendola, last year of his deal, there was talk about Hunter Bryant potentially seeing some slot work, even you know pre-draft. Is there any chance he could be relevant there? But not in 2020, but maybe 2021. No, because we're going to talk about a sleeper later who actually has a chance at that. But yeah, he has TJ Hawkins in front of him. The Lions spent good money on Jesse James last year. And so Jesse James isn't going anywhere. So like these guys brought up, being the third tight end on a team that doesn't play 12 personnel at all, I have absolutely no interest in him. Yeah, I mean, like I said, just to play a little devil's advocate, the slot potential. But I mean, just the fact that he's an undrafted free agent, like you said, Josh, how many of those tight ends are really hitting? And another tight end that I kind of like pre-draft was Thaddeus Moss. Mm-hmm. And he goes undrafted too. And now he's in Washington. But who knows? what are you laughing at, Bill? Uh, Josh and I had a uh, back and forth. Uh, I actually think you were on the show. I that, was on the that show. Way. I was on the show. Yeah. Yeah. About uh, Thaddeus Moss. So, yeah, way to 
way to recall that. Yeah, that was actually a coincidence. I did not mean to bring that up. <laughs> it actually worked out really well. So from one Bryant to another, and we have a video for this, and it seems like people, they really love these sleeper tight ends. We got a lot of them, and I actually had to filter out a few because it was going to be a whole tight end show. But this comes from, and the Twitter handle definitely makes sense here, at tight ends matter. But here we go. Hey, guys. Tight ends matter. And there's no rookie tight end I'm targeting more in 2020 dynasty rookie drafts and startups than Harrison Bryant out of Florida Atlantic. Everyone is excited about Adam Troutman and his 70 catches in 2019 while playing for Dayton, not to mention his landing spot in New Orleans. But we all remember Kobe Fleener, right? Harrison Bryant had only five less catches in 2019 than Troutman, and he finished his collegiate career with over 2,000 receiving yards, including 1,000 last season. Harrison Bryant's third on the depth chart of the Browns behind the newly signed Austin Hooper and David Njoku. But Njoku is likely out as soon as this season, and Stefanski loves his two tight end formations. What do you guys think? And John, by the way, thanks for helping me out with the uh, Dak for Danny Dimes package. All right, have a good rest of your weekend. See, I think that was a jab that he got the better end of that trade. And I honestly can't even remember what the specifics were, but <laughs> I, I definitely won that trade. And I don't even know who was involved, but we have a, which one is that? Bill is it six. We have a two from yeah. Josh and an upside down four from Mitch. <laughs> Bill, you're clearly, more, you're clearly more ambitious here mm. on, on Mr. Bryant than the other two here. So what are your thoughts? I mean, that video could have been me speaking, to be honest. Like, I just feel like that situation is is ideal, and it's kind of, you know, I'm, a lot of people aren't paying attention to it. Like, last year, Minnesota ran 12 personnel so often, and, you know, Njoku, he might end up being, like, almost the slot. So you might see him getting a ton of play early in the season uh, as long as he can kind of, you know, grasp his role. Um so especially with Njoku asking for a trade, I mean, that's another thing that like, imagine if that happens and I mean, he's going to be falling into a lot more time. So I just think that there's some promise there and with him being, he was kind of one of the hyped up guys before the draft. And I feel like he fell into a good situation. So, you know, he's, he's one of those late round tight ends that I was drafting a lot just because I, I think I like the situation better than a lot of people do. And you clearly like it more than Josh does because he gave it a two. Josh, why are you so down on the man? <laughs> I mean, didn't didn't we just have this conversation thirty seconds ago? We we have a guy who is third on the depth chart, and you know when we talked about Tyler Johnson and we listed off the weapons. I mean, again, we're talking about Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt. Uh, you know, they just gave Austin Hooper big money. David Njoku, yeah, he might get traded, but the team seems to have come out and said, we don't want to trade him. So could it happen? Absolutely. Do I think it will? No, because usually teams are, you know, a little bit more coy about it if they're actually going to try to trade someone. You know, does is he out of there in a year? Possibly, but still we're talking about a backup tight end with all of those weapons still there. So unfortunately, I just think, you know, there, there's too many mouths to feed and he's just going to kind of get put on the back burner. 
but you don't think the potential upside is there. I know we just talked about Hunter Bryant and it seems like that situation, it's going to be much more difficult for him, but Harrison Bryant, he's one, just like we said, David and Joku move away to be really relevant in a 12 personnel heavy offense. I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess my thing is, is that there's some limited upside there, but again, what if, David Njoku ends up thriving in that, you know, that 12 offense. And then, you know, now we're looking at a guy that we said, you know, what he could have been and how many third string tight ends have we gone through over the years and say, they're only, you know, one injury or one move away from being, you know, elite. And that one move never comes or it does come. And we find out that there is a reason why that guy was taken on day three of the draft. So, you know. Bill, Bill wants to rebut right now. Yeah, Bill. Well, no, I mean, in. he was the fourth round pick, so it's not like he was like a like an undrafted free agent. So, I mean, that's where I have some promise and some hope for it. You know, if he was like a seventh round pick, I wouldn't be, you know, even I would be at the Hunter Bryant rating. But uh, the fact that he was drafted earlier and they obviously felt they, you know, they were going to use a pick on him over other, you know, positions that that kind of gives me some promise and, but yeah, I mean, I get it, but you're always projecting on these rookie tight ends. You're never going to be like this rookie, like Kyle Rudolph. I mean, there's 15 or not Kyle Rudolph. Who's the Komet Cole Komet. Like there's, what do they have? Like 15 tight ends right now. I mean, he was drafted in the second round and like, there's still, we don't know, you know what I mean? so you're always going to be projecting a little bit with tight ends and, you know, it's one of those things where you pick the one you like and, or you feel like you like the situation and, Hope for the best, really. I actually, I, I kind of like Harrison Bryant, especially at his price. I don't think, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't, if I had my scorecard, and that's why I like being the host of you know shows like this, I don't have to give my score. <laughs> I can just kind of go back and forth and nobody's going to remember because I don't have to really plant my flag. But Harrison Bryant, I kind of like him, especially at his price, more so than Hunter Bryant, more so than this next guy we're going to talk about. But they're all late rookie picks this year in, in your draft. So you really don't have to invest significant capital. And I'm convinced at this point, Mitch just keeps going in the middle of you two, so he doesn't have to talk. I'm trying to. <laughs> well, that's why that we're having him on next week easy. to make him talk. That's right. That's right. There we go. What day is that? Uh, next Wednesday. Wednesday. Yep. All right. All right. So I'll, I'll have to tune in. And I'm sure my wife will love that because I've been doing three or four shows a week. And then next week when I say, Hey, I'm not doing a show tonight, but I have to watch fantasy timeline. <laughs> I won't get an eye roll at all. Nope. And whenever you, whenever you guys do your show, I, I'm sure you see me. I pop in for like a minute or two every once in a while. And I'm like real quick, I got to get out. It's like a hit and run. <laughs> yep. But I mean, you're, you guys have one of the shows. I love, you know, not to get off track here, but I love the dynamic between you two. I think you two have great chemistry and then just the concept of the show going through the, the fantasy timeline on Twitter. It really is. It's just so relevant. And I think it's, it's a great concept. So I really enjoy it. Uh, you can, you can thank Thanks, Bill brother. for all of that. He does all of the good stuff. And then I just kind of come in and try and take half the credit. So, Hey, that's what I do too. John does all the work and I just show up to record and then I get yelled at throughout the week about it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but but josh only wants half the credit mitch comes in he's asking for like 60 percent. but then we got to split up that credit three ways on our show so what's left for me barely anything that doesn't count he's not here tonight all right he's getting zero percent all right 
one more tight end. I think we have one more tight end. No, there's actually two tight ends. A lot of tight ends that people love. But this one, it's going to be kind of a, a quickie, if you will. But this is from at Breakout Rage, Dalton Keene. Mitch and Bill, you were quick to throw up a three. And is that a five? That's a two. Oh, that's a two. Josh, oh, I, you, you, wanna, you need a new marker or something. Marker. Yeah, my um, marker is uh, fading on me. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mitch, you give him a three. That doesn't do. sound too doesn't sound too great. He's gonna be on the field as the utility guy. So he could play fullback, he could be out at tight end, he could be out wide receiver. But I want the tight end in that offense. I don't want the utility guy. So I want Aussie Aussie. So if you give me Don Keen or Aussie Aussie straight up, I'll take Aussie Aussie every single time. And then did you guys see that the other fullback the Patriots brought in this offseason? He actually opted out, and his name is slipping me right now, if any of you oh, remember. I, is it Levine? Uh, anyway, um, that's not really that important. One. But I could see Dalton Keene kind of going into that fullback-type role. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was talked about before, and a lot of people, yeah, but John, in college, watch his tape, yards after catch, yards after catch. I don't care. I don't think he's going to be that relevant. And – you know, I would give it a two or three as well. So all of us pre-low on Dalton Keene. Sorry, breakout rage. I'm sure we'll hear about this, Mitch, in our one league chat with him. Yeah. Um, let's skip over this one because I think it's going to be one of the larger talking points. So we'll go to Brian Medina. It's at Brian Medina on Twitter. Travion Williams. Any dynasty fantasy relevance? Is that a one, Josh? Yeah. Man, yep. Get this guy a marker. All right, we got a right. one from Josh. A How about you hold up Bill. fingers? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> might, that's a that good might idea. Work. All right, Josh. So you're pretty much saying, ah. I mean, obviously, uh, Joe Mixon is the is the main event, but a lot of people, you know, we don't talk enough about Gio Bernard. He's really good, and, and even if there's a situation where. Mixon holds out or he's not re-signed next year. First of all, I, I think that's something that the Bengals will tackle in the offseason, whether it's via free agency, because apparently there's about 28 great running backs that are going to be free agents next year, or via the draft. And, you know, Gio Bernard is still there. I mean, it was good at the time last year when he was drafted. He was a nice little flyer to have. But at this point, I don't think there's much value to be had with him. And I don't even know if he's necessarily the immediate backup. I think if Joe Mixon were to go out, like you said, Gio Bernard, he's no slouch. And when he was coming out as a rookie, he was highly regarded. And he was up there, what, top three, four running backs in that class, maybe yep. even top two at that point. But then you have Rodney Anderson. He was taking the sixth round as well. I just think it's kind of a, a mashup there. Travion Williams saw eight snaps in 2019. I had to look that up today because I was like, oh, how often was he going to eight snaps? And I think he dressed mm -hmm. for 11 games. You know, I just, I know people had some hopes for him, but yeah, even if Joe Mixon holds out, I'm there with you guys. I'm not, I'm not high on him either. If, I, I was just going to say, if Rodney Anderson stays healthy, he's going to play ahead of him. So yeah. yeah, I just have absolutely no interest in Williams. And Rodney Anderson, he was the one, correct me if I'm wrong, but he slipped strictly because of injuries. Yeah, he right? tore his ACL. Yep. Yeah. So I, I do think he's the guy that would step ahead of Travion Williams. But we asked for sleepers, guys, and people are, they're giving us some sleepers. sleepers. Uh, next up, next up, Robert Woods. No, I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> um, but we are going to talk about a wide receiver. 
And we had three people drop this name on us. It's at your pal, Mikey D. He's always throwing in questions to us or sleepers or hot takes. So thanks, Mikey. And then at John underscore P underscore fine. And then at P2W fantasy, none other than Quintez Cephas. We have a, wah! all right. We got a, te- we, we got have a 10. A right. 10. Josh, we're going to get to your 10 in a minute. Mitch, I thought you'd be a little bit higher on him, especially since you kind of hinted at him earlier in the show. He's that high solely because of how the Lions wide receivers are lined up right now. None of them are signed next year. There's no Galladay. There's no Marvin Jones. There's no Amendola. So right now that cupboard's really bare, and he'd be the rookie to step into at least the wide receiver two spot if they do re-sign Galladay. But he's also really slow. He's like a 4-7 kind of wide receiver. Um, The Lions... Rookie cornerback, I can't think of his name. What's his name? Jeff Akuda. He said that like he was the hardest cover for him in college this past year. So like he definitely has the talent. It's just he's a slow guy, so it probably caps his higher ceiling. So he's definitely a six. I think he's worth owning, but it's just that ceiling that I'm worried about. And I think it's the opportunity, and I, I maybe that's why Josh loves him so much. Josh, what are your thoughts? So. Do you, does everyone here like Marvin Jones? I love Marvin Jones. I do. Okay. You're you're looking at the guy that's going to do that next year. Like Mitch said, there's nobody signed for next year. Uh, obviously, they're going to get something worked out with Galladay. He's going to be back. Uh, you know, I don't think Amendola comes back. So who else is left? Quintess Cephas. And I think for what he does, he kind of fits right into that Marvin Jones role pretty well. And this year, look, with everything that's going on, limited training camp and rookie mini camps and everything, I don't think he's going to flash. But having a year seeing NFL games and then going through an entire offseason, I think he's really going to shine. And I think in in two to three years, you're going to see a Marvin Jones-like production from him. Well, first of all, so we have some comments in the chat here. And John McGlynn came out swinging here. Some handsome fellas here. And he was, earning, he was earning those brownie points. He might have to get his vision checked. But then, Mitch, you said Quintez Cephas is slow. John McGlynn says Keenan Allen is slow too. Fifth and seventh percentile for both of them respectively. Mm-hmm. So I, it is Some are outliers. I mean, he could be one of the best slot wide receivers in the league. It's definitely... It could happen. Just the odds of him turning into Keenan Allen are, you know, a little bit on the low side there. But I do think we see an opportunity in in 2021, Mm -hmm. maybe not 2020, but I mean, Danny Amendola, he's, he's up there in age. What is he? 75, 76 years old. I think so. Yeah. He's right around there. I don't think he's going to be back for another year in 2021. So maybe Cephas sees an opportunity there. And Bill, you were going to say something. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's fine. I, I just think that, you know, we got to be careful saying that he's going to like play the same role as Marvin Jones. Cause Marvin Jones was like a four, four Oh, uh, wide receiver, you know, coming out. And so they're where they win is completely different. And I, I think that he, I think that Cephas can play a role. He's gonna, like a Lazard kind of role where he's a little bit more, you know, not necessarily as fast, but he's physical. He knows how to box out that kind of thing. And so, I mean, I think he can play a role and I think, his skills match up well with Stafford just because Stafford 
isn't necessarily a guy that's going to throw you open. He's going to like just rip the ball right in. And so he doesn't have to create separation so much. He just has to catch the ball when it's thrown to him. So I think he's a good matchup with his quarterback. I just don't necessarily know if he's ever going to be able to play the outside consistently, um, you know, for the lions. But I mean, I think he could be a contributor for sure. Yeah. And I, again, I don't know if we see it in 2020, but in terms of a dynasty stash, He's certainly worth a look. Probably the third or fourth highest in terms of ratings that we've been giving out tonight. Yep. And just to kind of recap, I see a, a few more people jumped in. Tyler Johnson, if you're a Tyler Johnson fan, you might want to stop listening now. But all of us were pretty low on him. Jacob Eason, eh. Josh, you thought there was some potential there uh, longer term. Chase Edmonds, all four of us love the opportunity that he could have, um, whether it's a timeshare here in 2020 or maybe in 2021, if they don't resign Drake Edmonds, last year was his deal. Harrison Bryant, some of us liked him. Josh was being a negative Nancy over there. And then Hunter Bryant, nah, nah. Uh, Dalton Keene, that was a quick one. We also said no. Travion Williams, we didn't really like that one. Quintez Cephas, I, I think we were, we're we're building up the positivity here. But I might come crashing down on this next one, guys. And we're, we're getting to a running back again. And this is from at the underscore pre-snap read jamichael hasty all right so we have a three from you guys are so low on these on these sleepers that are going to potentially break out but josh you're giving him a three what's going on man i I was really high on him not really high but i was higher on him initially after the rookie draft i understood he was a udfa but he was going to san francisco shanahan can make a running back stud out of just about anyone you know, see last year, but without the rookie mini camps, without a lot of, a lot of the things that hasty would need to kind of carve his role into that team. He doesn't have at his disposal. And I think we're going to see this with a lot of UDFAs this year. They're just not going to make the team. You know, the coaching staff isn't going to have enough time to look at them and figure out what they can do with them. And unfortunately I think hasty is going to be one of those casualties. It does sound like there were reports that they thought he might not make the team. And I will play devil's advocate again. It sounds like there are more players are going to be on the roster heading into the season this year with everything going on. Maybe he does sneak in. Maybe. Bill, you were the lowest of the bunch here. Yeah, I mean, it's just a situation thing. Like, I mean, there's still four running backs. or Was there three or four running backs on the roster regardless? So the, the chance of him making any contributions early in the season, it's pretty low. And I just, you know, I don't think I'm sold on any of the running backs just because I never know who's going to play when, and that's always the issue. And that's why I kind of like to steer clear of the San Fran running backs in the first place. So I'm always going to err a little bit lower um, when I'm, you know, kind of grading those running backs because it's so tough to tell when they're going to use them. Mitch, anything else? I completely agree. Bill and Josh said. I mean, the only reason why he has value is because the Shanahan offense. That's literally the only reason. If you went to any other team, no one would talk about him. And like Bill brought up, there's four guys ahead of him already. And I think people really talking him up before Mostert got that reconstruction on the on his contract. So, yeah, I, three for me as well. Re- restructure. Yeah, yeah. I realized that. <laughs> I was waiting for you to correct me. I'm like, I'm just waiting. <laughs> Just wait, man. 
I, I was like, wait, did he get like reconstructive surgery? What's going on? <laughs> all of it. All of it. No, Mitch, you, I, I have I have to do it. I know. I, I was to. waiting. That's why I was like, just get it out. Get it out. And I'm on board with all three of you. And I know a lot of people, I've seen people say, well, Philip Lindsay was an undrafted free agent. Yes, Philip Lindsay didn't take part in the combine. And whenever the combine came around this year, I went back to 2015 and I pulled all kind of information. And I was going through, I mean, Mitch, you saw the spreadsheets that I put together because I have no life. And at least through 2015, we we haven't seen a fantasy relevant undrafted free agent running back that took part in the combine. We haven't seen it. The most relevant, and this is not a glowing endorsement, is Corey Clement. Mm -hmm. <sighs> if that's your ceiling in terms of fantasy production, I don't know. And Bill, you're making faces over there. I don't know if you agree with me. Yeah, no, I was just curious as to like when you separate things like that and it's like a qualifier as to whether they were in or out of the combine. Do you think that's important other than to um, support your stat? No, I don't. I, I, I do think it's important. Wow, are you saying I'm using that to push my narrative? No, no, I'm curious. No, I, see, I do think it's important because Philip Lindsay coming from the small school, there are people that might not have been paying much attention, but you have Jamichael Hasty coming from Baylor. People yeah. were watching that offense. People were watching, you know, uh, that, that team play. And I do think it's relevant. Wow. Coming on our show, Bill, and you're going to sass me like that. Yes. <laughs> I, would I would never expect, do that, JB. I know. And, th and that's why you're coming back on a future episode and bill this is why this is why dan didn't show up tonight i get it now no, I, of course i'm just teasing um one more tight end here to wrap up the 50 tight ends this is from at the real nfl guru anthony um dan arnold and let's let's get through this one pretty quickly a lot of people are talking <laughs> up mr arnold ah oh, anthony i'm sorry but we have a one from mitch a one from josh a two from bill josh you're not liking dan arnold's chances here in 2020 and beyond it's Dan Arnold. That that's that's the argument. I mean, come on. I mean, honestly, we're, we're looking at a Cardinals offense that doesn't really use the tight end, and we're looking at a guy that we've never really seen do much in the league. I mean, that doesn't sound like a recipe for success, in my opinion. Yeah, let's Dan, say he's Dan Arnold. He should he should be on the Wonder Years, which we actually talked about last night. But like Dan Arnold, what kind, what kind of name is that? Let's say he's like, he has the perfect situation. He's the tight end one. He's on the field for 95% of the snaps. What target share do you still give him? Five, six? I mean, he's just not going to be fantasy relevant unless there's a whole bunch of injuries and something weird happens. But yeah, there's just no point in owning a tight end on that offense. People went nuts last year because of the last three games. And if you look at his stat lines over the last three games when he went to Arizona, 10 targets, six receptions, 102 yards, two touchdowns. But again, that's three games. So I don't know. I think people, they want to buy into Arizona, possibly utilizing a tight end. But I just don't see it happening, especially bringing DeAndre Hopkins, the way we feel about Christian Kirk. You have Larry Fitzgerald. You have too many weapons that offense. And it's just not an offense built to use a tight end. And I'm, I'm going to quote Shark Tank because of that. I'm out. Um, this next one, it's a running back that I actually threw on. I was surprised nobody mentioned him. J.J. Taylor. Mitch, that's higher than I thought. Really? Yeah. Uh, Josh, you're Always throwing the, the one. Downer. Yeah, again, and I think Josh is just throwing a one every time so he can talk about every player. But, Bill, you threw a two up. What are your thoughts on J.J. Taylor? I really don't have many thoughts about J.J. Taylor, and it's the same situation as, like, the – 
um, hasty. You know, I just don't know when, if and when he'd ever get the opportunity. Plus, then guessing when he's going to get the opportunity is almost impossible. So, you know, I I just don't feel like I need to add him to any of my rosters. Now, Mitch, you seem kind of excited about him. A six. I like, yeah, because James White is an unrestricted free agent next year. And we've talked about, you know, going into that 21 season, the, there's going to have a reduced salary cap. James White is a type of running back who could be replaced on a team with another, you know, pass catching back like J.J. Taylor. And so I think James White is a guy who could end up, you know, sitting on the market for a while, not having a team pick him up just because of that tighter cap next offseason. Now, as Dan says that I I do, he says this at least once an episode. So in honor of Dan, I'm going to throw it out there. But I, to avoid talking out of both sides of my mouth, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, yeah, I think J.J. Taylor could really be something when I just bashed Jamichael Hasty for being an undrafted free agent. And then two seconds later, yeah, J.J. Taylor, he could do it. But I, I do think with all these opt-outs, at least he could make the team. Now, does he really get an opportunity? Probably not. He had the 10% target share his senior season. But again, looking at the history of undrafted free agents, and I don't want to uh, not use it again to support my narrative, Bill, because you know I don't want to get attacked again. Um, I do think that it might be closer to what Bill and Josh thought as opposed to Mitch. Maybe Mitch is a little too high on there. No, I'm not. Okay. All right. Now we have two redraft sleepers that people threw at us. The first one, and this is extremely relevant because – uh, the legend, Devin Funches, he has opted out of the 2020 season. So from at in the zone FB, he's throwing Alan Lazard at you guys. What are your thoughts here? Do we think he could have you know big time potential here with the opportunity and the lack of weapons around Devontae Adams in that wide receiver core? We have a six from Josh, six from Mitch, nine from Bill. Seven Josh. from Josh. Seven from Josh. Seven. I there was a I, I couldn't read the paper and I can't even read your fingers apparently. <laughs> um all right, Josh. So a seven. So you you are pretty high on him then. Yeah, I mean, I understand that that offense looks like it's kind of converting themselves a little bit more to a run-based offense, but I mean, we saw what happened when Adams went down last year. They tried to find themselves a little bit who was going to be the lead guy until he got back. And it looked like Lazard took that spot. So if there is a, another Adams injury, you know, I, I think he could really be productive. And I think he's still going to have weeks, even with Adams there, that he's going to, he's going to do something for your team. So yeah, I, I give him a seven. And I, I think we all can agree. We're pretty high on him. The opportunity is certainly there. So we don't want to spend too much time on it. Now we have one last video and I'm so upset that Dan is not joining us because this listener, and this is at B Hartley on Twitter. He said, John, I want to do a video, but I want to do it in character as Dan. And he, <laughs> he was pretty good. He could have done a few things differently, but I'm going to throw that up on the screen now. JB, for my super deep sleeper for the 2020 season, I'm going to give you a guy that I know a lot of people aren't going to be too happy to hear I think is going to do really well, okay? We know I'm big on teams with a winning culture, teams with winning management, with good leadership, uh, unity, all the things that go into building a winning culture, right? And I think that this guy is on one of those teams. So that checks a really important first box for me, JB. 
But my guy that I'm going to select for a super deep sleeper is none other than everyone's favorite running back, Carlos Hyde. <laughs> he, awesome. he missed the word dysfunction. <laughs> yeah, we I was looking for that. We knew he was getting there with the winning culture, and he was so close. I was like, just throw the word dysfunction in there. He threw a few JBs. We know Dan drops that in constantly. But what do you guys think? Carlos Hyde, strictly for 2020 for this one. We have a four from Josh. I got it that time. Five from Mitch. Six from Bill. Mitch, you're right in the middle there. Penny's out. We have no idea when he's going to be back this season. So that backup role should immediately go to Carlos Hyde. And we've seen Carson has had a lot of issues this past season with fumbling. And so just based off an injury alone, or if he keeps the fumbling issues up, Carlos Hyde is a guy who got 250 carries with the Texans last year. So Seattle would be more than willing to do the exact same thing if the opportunity presented itself. So that's why he's a five because he, I don't like his ceiling at all, but he's someone I'm okay having with on my team. I think he has, I don't want to say league winning potential, but he's somebody that could fill in your roster very nicely, especially in deeper leagues. We talked about the 14 or 16 team leagues where we play in, and there's a lot of depth required, especially in a season like this. Hopefully we have a full season. But, Bill, what are your thoughts there on Carlos Hyde? Yeah, I mean, I'm very similar to Mitch. I mean, it's he just reminds me a lot of Jordan Howard. You know, very similar situation if he plays. So, um, you know, I'm very content having him be a flex running back if I, you know, especially during bye weeks, that sort of thing. So, as a sleeper, I mean, I mean, I don't know how much of a sleeper he truly is, but, I mean, I think he's on most people's radar, but I think he could end up being a guy that does help your team uh, win a few games that you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, I think it's tough to look at at redraft sleepers that are going to be completely off the wall. Before we let you guys plug anything you're working on, anything you want our listeners to know, there's one quick comment that I missed. And really quick, name the player and then no explanation. From Dante, Pittman or Campbell, the wide receiver to own in Indianapolis, or both? Mitch? Campbell. Josh? Campbell. Bill? Pittman. Okay. I would go Campbell, especially, I think, from just looking at 2020. But, yeah. And, again, sorry, Dante, that we missed that, but we did make up for it. Now, Bill, Josh, we'll start with you, Bill. Let our listeners know where to find you, anything you're working on, and, you know, the the multiple shows that you're – you're hosting. Sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at super dupa flex. Um, and I have my solo pod called the super flex Berts. It's kind of an interview based, um, pod. I've had, I think both John and Mitch on there. Yeah. And, yeah, um, and, and, and you use the term expert loosely then if you had us on, uh, come on now. You guys do uh, projections. I mean, that makes you an expert automatically. So we'll see um, how they play out. Yeah, we'll find out about that. <laughs> oh, I have it saved. I'm going to be checking those all, you know, towards the end of the season. But anyway, yeah, you can find that at Superflexperts. Um, and then Josh will uh, tell you guys the one that we share. Yeah, so over to you, Josh. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I am a co host with my main man, Bill of the fantasy timeline we scour twitter we yeah it's a two uh we 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 put your tweets up there we we discuss we go back and forth um and 
you know, like Bill said, if you're not subscribed to Superflexperts, do that. JB and Mitch were both on. And trust me, I was on as well. You guys are way more expert than I am. So if he let me on, you guys are on another level. But, uh, you know, that that's where we're at. And, and JB, Mitch, I appreciate you guys having us on. You've had, I mean, some heavy hitters. You've had Liz Loza, Stefania Bell, Scott Fish was on yesterday. You're having Field Yates on. You have, you know, Bill and then me. So I, I appreciate you letting me on to, uh, to, to kind of bring it down a little bit so that next week when you have uh, another heavy hitter on, you know, people remember what it's like. So I appreciate it. I talked about the negativity on Twitter and you two, honestly, I know that we throw jabs here at each other, but you two are a breath of fresh air. And I, I think I can speak for Mitch too. I don't think I've ever seen a negative tweet come from you guys. So it really is a breath of fresh air. So mm -hmm. the fact that we get to interact with you guys, thank you. Yes, hey, definitely. It's our pleasure. And I love talking to you guys. So anytime I'm in. Yep. All right. Well, in honor of Dan, Mitch, you're going to bring us home here final thoughts all right i will let john decide if he wants to delete this or not because like it's gonna be a little bit of a soapbox but like if you're doing victory injury laps on twitter right now over covid there is something wrong with you like if you're saying hey look i told you devin funchess wasn't a good player because he opted out for covid like take a step back and no one really cares what your input is at that point sorry that's all that i have no and i'm not cutting that out because i i actually i had a tweet lined up i had it typed out but i i refrained and i said i see there's already people taking uh opt-out victory laps and it's silly nobody's sitting here saying Oh, you knew I, I knew player X was going to opt out. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, anyway, no, that's staying in there because I do, um, I do agree with that. And Josh is over there rubbing his head. So he clearly agrees. Yes, I, I, I do. And I'm sorry if the audible sigh was picked up during that Mitch, but uh, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent, man. Yeah. No, the, the sigh was picked up and that's staying in as well. <laughs> but like I said, Bill and Josh, thank you guys so much for coming on. This was so much fun. And thank you to all the listeners that are tuned in. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Be safe, be kind to each other, and have a great night.